0: Welcome to the Chicago Bears Podcast, a presentation of ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Here's your host, Pat the Designer.
1: bird Bear on Bears fans, welcome into another Wednesday edition of the Chicago Bears podcast. Pat the designer, Jason McKee, y'all already know how we do. Drop a bird Dine in the chat if you're a real Bears fan. J-Mac, on today's episode, we got to talk about our five biggest takeaways from OTAs and minicamp I mean we saw a lot of stuff we I mean I mean I guess realistically right we just saw a lot of stuff that we wanted to see it, it wasn't like it was this oh my god uh, uh, um, splurge of information that we got out of there but we saw a lot of the things that we were hoping to see a lot of the things that we were excited to see so we'll talk about on it will talk about that on today's episode I mean let's just jump
0: straight into it first off J-Mac how are you my guy Doing good, man. Uh, you know, high school football season is in full swing now. Uh, summer camp practices kicked off last week, so it was a busy week last week. Had a chance to get started, um, and then towards the end of the week, we had the opportunity to compete in a, uh, a Nike and Bears 11-on tournament, which is a combination of seven-on-seven uh, seven games and lineman challenges. So uh, we were one of 18 teams that competed in it, um, a lot of great schools out there, uh, we we did fairly well. We placed second overall in the event. So that's pretty uh, good. Yeah, it was good. The kids performed. They got to compete. It break the it broke up the same routine of you know just practicing against each other. You got to go against other schools, and yeah. the kids got a check for coming to second place. So I'll go ahead and get them a gift. But you know we got to practice later on today, so we're right back to the field. You know, right back grinding, getting ready for our season to kick off. When's opening week, man? When's when's opening? Uh, so the when's beginning coming? of August, man. Uh, we open up against Creek Monet. So. Uh, they were a playoff team last year. Um, a lot of good talent on that team, good coaching staff. Um, we were a playoff team as well. You know, so it's going to be interesting. They get to come up here. Uh, we got a lot of returning starters coming back, a lot of good senior leadership. So I'm excited to see, you know, how, how that first game is going to pan out and how our season will pan out overall hey man i might have to come out for that one man i'm going gonna out. come
1: check oh. y'all out man see what's I'm going out. on out here see what coach Mack is like it's just him like he's all nice and like logical on this Man, it's just him like snapping on the sideline like denzel washington yeah, and remember the tights he's off sides <laughs> off sides
0: <laughs> you gotta be able to flip that switch man you gotta be able to you know talk the talk and then we're out there man the, the passion just comes out but uh the cool thing is, like I said, like Olin Crooks, um, future Hall of Famer obviously played center for us here. Yeah. Here. Um, he's our offensive line coach. So the kids get a wealth of knowledge from him. Uh, you know, he 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 works on he works with them out outside of school as well. Uh Rasheed Davis is our offensive coordinator who obviously played wide receiver for us. So, you know, having those guys coach with me, uh, but also, you know, having that experience they bring and and that level of of passion they have for the kids and being able to accelerate the the learning process for the kids, you know, really helps the development of the program. So, you know, we have fun. It's like being in the locker room all over again. Uh, you know, we get on each other. We're cracking jokes. The kids have fun, but at the same time, you know, we're building. We're building men through the game of football, man. So it's a good thing.
1: Hey, man, I love it. I love it. Passing the game on to the next generation. You got to love uh, seeing that from uh, from them former NFL players, man. I can't imagine Olin Krutz as an O line coach. Like these mothers <laughs> got to be terrified someday. <laughs> 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 and the thing is, this is Like, if you're the defensive player, and it's like, alright stand there. Let me show you how to do this. It's like, hold on, dog,
0: wait a minute. Like, <laughs> the funny thing, he's pretty. He, the funny thing is, like, you would think he's pretty calm, though. Like, but like Olin, his his, his mental makeup of the game is so high. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and especially, you know, us working together. You know, we all we all see the game from different uh, different views of the game. You know, Olin sees it from that offensive line level. Yeah. Uh, so he brings things about in a running game and in terms of protection wise that, you know, Coach Davis may not see or myself. So, you know, us working together with the other coaches that we have, it just brings the best out of everybody. Um, so it, it's a good thing, man. It's a, it's a good mix of guys. And, you know, like I said, Olin, he, he's out there. He cracks jokes. He's a little bit different out there. You know, he's good with the kids. The kids love him. You know, they they can't wait for him to, you know, get get to the school. Coach Cruz is here. Coach Cruz is here. So yeah. he's a fun dude, man. And it's, it's definitely an honor for our program to have him.
1: Was it a shock to you when he when he rolled in and he was like smiling and nice to all the kids? And he was like, Who the f
0: who is this yeah, guy? Yeah, like, wait a minute. I mean, I'm like, Man, I like, do. You would have cussed me out back in the day, bro. Like, you just, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, have his moments. You know, He has his moments. But, like, you know, the funny thing is, is, is myself, uh, you know, Olin and Rasheed, we get on each other more than anything. So yeah. it's, it's pretty fun.
1: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I mean, listen, let's jump into our takeaways. I mean, I thought there was some good takeaways from OTAs. We talking about Olin recruits I mean, I think the biggest takeaway from OTAs and minicamp that I saw is the fact that we know who our starting five offensive line is. Yeah. Like that. that is the, the fact that that is set, the fact that we're going into training camp and we've got five guys that – it, whether they're going to be the best five guys in the NFL or not, no matter what that ends up being, mm. it's a very stark contrast from what we saw last season. Heading into this, where it was, you know, going into training camp, we're having a conversation on, ah, we think we we know kind of where people are going to be, but we're going to try this guy here, we're going to move this guy here. What do What do you think about the O line being set coming out of uh, mini camp and uh, uh yeah, out of mini camp? heading into training camp, how much is that going to be a benefit to this team?
0: Yeah, I think it's good, obviously knowing, you know, who's going to be, you know, the guys, you know, starting things out and it just helps build up that chemistry and camaraderie that you need your, that your offensive line to have. I mean, that cohesiveness is everything. And, uh, you know, one thing, you know, looking at this offensive line and being out there in mini camp, you know, the size of the guys they had, like Nate Davis is a big dude. Like he's a short compact dude that can move, you know what I'm saying? And, Look at Darnell Wright. I mean, he he he's everything you want in the right tackle. He's big, athletic. Um, and then you know, I, I think the fact that you getting, like Tevin Jenkins just has his own spot now. He knows where he's at. Yeah. Remember, last year it was he's gonna play tackle, he's gonna play a guard, let's put him at guard, let's put him yeah, at tackle. Yeah. Now he has an opportunity just to hone in on one position and to really just you know accelerate the development of learning that position, embracing that position. And I think he will excel at that position as well. And then, you know, Braxton Jones, his second year in this system, you know, experiences everything. And him, you know, having more experience in the system, understanding, you know, what's required of him, I think he'll take a jump as well. So I'm just excited to see how they progress as a unit. Um, obviously, you know, through many camps and OTAs, it's really hard to get a feel of how physical this unit will be based yeah. upon you, know, you got a non-padded tempo rush practice. So I'm, I'm excited to see these guys in training Can't put the pads on. I'm excited to see Darnell go against a true NFL pass rush. You know, let's see what type of physicality that uh you know Nate Davis brings to the table, and really let us see what type of identity that they set. You know, what type of identity are they going to establish uh, throughout training camp and as a unit? And as you know, like the offensive defensive line is the heartbeat of any team. So, yeah. having that starting unit, them getting all these reps when they put the pads on, we'll see. You know, what type of team and uh, what type of heartbeat we're going to have as an offense.
1: It's going to be interesting to see for sure. I, I love the fact that, it, for me, right, even the fact that the rookie comes in already knowing, okay, I, I need to make sure I'm on. And you should be on your P's and Q's anyway, being a rookie, but like, hey, I'm starting. Yep. Like, I'm like day one, play one, like, oh, they're throwing me out here. This is going to be the fire. You know what I mean? Like, those are those are the things that, that I think that this organization has done a lot better of um, now than we've seen in years past because it hasn't always been this smooth heading into training camp. Uh Jay Mac, what was your what was your number 5 takeaway from uh, OTAs and mini camp? What would you see out there looking at those guys and just uh, in general from what what you've heard from the coaches that really stood out to you?
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, I know we talked about it before so I'm not going to really put mine in order. I just have like five observations. Yeah, yeah. I thought one that's on my mind right now It's it's the competition. You know, I think you know, every position group there's competition you know, amongst that position group, something that we really didn't have last year. I mean, look at the additions on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson, you know, you got a, a bunch of guys in that secondary that can play that's going to have to compete for playing time. Um, linebacker, you brought in Noah Sewell, you know, Jack Sanborn's second year in this defense. You bring competition there, you bring in Edwards and uh, Tremaine Edmonds. Edmonds, obviously those guys are going to be the starters, but, you know, who's going to be the backups? Um, and you talk about, you know, running back we talked about before on the pod. You know, you've know you got Foreman and, and Khalil Herbert, and I think the Bears will use, you know, two-headed monster like they did last year with David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. But you know, how how are those carries going to be split up? You know, it's going to be interesting to see how Roshan Johnson, you know, comes in with pads. We know he's a physical runner. We know he can excel at pass protection. So I think amongst those three guys right there, you know, who are the two guys that's going to get the bulk of the carries based upon you know, how they perform in camp, how they pass protect um, and things of that nature. So I love the competition that that Poles and his crew has brought in. You know, nobody's job is safe. Um, you got to go out there and compete every day just to make the roster. And that's what you that's what you want on an NFL roster. You want to have competition in every every position group that you can have. And, and I think that's what they've done this all season.
1: Man, when when you was out there, was you able to see Roshan? Did he look more like a six foot or a six two? Because somewhere along the line, he came into the NFL listed as six two, and now all of a sudden he didn't lost two inches on the Bears uh, on the Bears website. I was like, wait a minute, how, how did this man shrink when he got to the league?
0: <laughs> the funny thing is, you know, his build kind of reminds me of like uh, he's he's about six foot. I would say he's every bit of six foot. Yeah, but he he's a big dude, you know, and he's 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 not like. Bulky, but he's you know a good solid six foot guy. Kind of reminds yeah. me same type of build as Matt Forte, and and he's fluid, man. He, he can go out there, he can catch. You know, he's solid. Obviously, you can't get a feel for how he is in terms of his contact balance, running right. through contact and stuff like that because they are not in pads. But he looks the part. He definitely looks the part. He's a different build from Khalil Herbert, who's more of a shorter, uh stocky, compact, explosive guy. Uh, Deontay Foreman's kind of the same build as Khalil, so different body types from those two guys, but. You know, that trio of guys, you know, I, I love the trio that we have there in terms of those guys, you know, running the ball. But we also can't forget about, you know, Travis Homer and, and Tristan Ebner. You know, those two guys are competing for for a spot on the roster as well. So special teams is going to be at the forefront for those guys. And another thing that that Roshan has over uh, Khalil Herbert and uh, Deontay Foreman is he played special teams down in Texas. He excelled in mm-hmm. special teams down at Texas. So, you know, if he's not one of those two guys that's, you know, in a rotation in terms of getting carries, well, he's going to be required to play special teams. So, you know, I think what the Bears did in terms of the running back room, they really had a – they made a huge upgrade because you go from just having, you know, mainly two guys in Herbert and Montgomery carrying the ball to having, you know, three guys that can get it done. But you also also in guys like Homer and Johnson and Edmund that can excel on the special teams uh, side of things. So the competition is going to be great. It's going to be a, a battle every day out there at training camp for that position group.
1: Now that now that is that's going to be an interesting position group to to really look in at and see because I I just see them as I there's I said I said there's going to come a day in training camp where somebody's going to miss their assignment and yeah. it's going to elevate Roshan because yeah. of not because I think he's not going to miss any assignments but it's going to be like. Okay, Justin would have got his head took off on that. All right, let's see what Roshan look like in there, in that building on that one. Yeah, you know I mean, like, I don't think the Bears are gonna play around with it this season. I think it's gonna be all right. listen like this is this is our guy. We have to make sure that he's good back there. Uh, well, speaking so- of which, one of one of my other takeaways, I mean, the confidence that Justin Fields is exuding. The second year, we're not even in the offense yet. Like, he's just going through the motions here. But in his second year here, the confidence, that, that's why I think, and, and here's, I'll put two, two of mine together, right? The confidence, and I need people to understand that's why the Chicago Bears fan base is so high right now. I don't think we've seen – the last time we saw a quarterback with this much confidence, no disrespect to y'all team, J-Mac, but it was Jay Cutler, and it came off as cockiness because we were like, y'all, you haven't done nothing yet. Like, you haven't accomplished anything for us yet, right? Like, we need you to get to that next level. Justin Fields also hasn't done it, but right now it's coming off as not cockiness or confidence in I'm going to go out there and beat everybody every week, but it's coming off as I understand what I need to do for my job to be done And I don't think that we've had a quarterback with this level of confidence in his understanding of what his job is right now, probably since, I mean, probably since Jay. Confidence and cockiness are very close, so it's probably since Jay. (laughs) Yeah, I, maybe I, I, it I, comes I, off less cocky if you don't get picked off like six times in a game. Maybe, <laughs> maybe
0: that <laughs> helps. Smoking Jay Cutting. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Jay was a good dude. Man, I, Jay was a uh, to say uh, interesting to say the least, as we all know. But Jay, hey, the funny thing is, man, despite all that, like Jay, and I, was, I say this all the time, like Jay had the best skill set from any quarterback that I've ever played with in terms of. Just, I mean, do it at a cannon, do it as at athletic. He was big. You know what I'm saying? He was smart. But with all that being said, like, you can have, have the best mechanics in the world. But if you can't process at a high level, you know, yeah. if you can't, you know, un- have an understanding of, of of everything as a whole, defenses and blitzes and, and where things are, are coming at you and, and being able to make decisions in, in, in a split second and deliver that ball on time, then, hey, you know what? You won't be one of the great ones. So that's why you look at a lot of the guys who – Don't have that elite athleticism at the quarterback position. Talking about the the Peyton Manning's who you know I stole our stole our Super Bowl ring, but you look at the Tom Brady's. I mean, they the mental makeup that they have, they can process the game so fast. And you know Peyton can change the plays. An offensive coordinator out there on the field. Tom Brady's a multiplier and an offensive coordinator out there on the field. Um, And you know that's that's the difference. You You can go out there and have throw the ball. 80 yards in the rain and not get the ball wet, but you're throwing it to the wrong guys. You know, you yeah. ain't gonna be a great quarterback. So, you know, like you said, with Justin's confidence, you know, he's a guy who's been in the limelight since he was in high school, right? Number no one overall recruit in the country, right? They were doing documentaries and TV shows on Justin. I just re-watched one of them. It was the one he was in, it was the uh he was in high school, he was in the Elite 11 competition. He beat out Trevor Lawrence in that competition. His recruiting yeah, status just <laughs> skyrocketed from there. Remember that? And then yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one.
1: That's the one where they showed him winning the state championship game, right? Where he went to his dad and he was like, "I don't know what to do." (laughs) He was like, "Go do what you always do."
0: (laughs) He's always been a competitive guy, and even in that same documentary, like even when he was in that Elite Eleven competition, like Trevor Lawrence, who who's from like I think like twenty minutes up the road from Justin, basically in Georgia, right? Yep. And you know, in that documentary. You know, Just, Justin talks about how his dad came into his uh, his hotel room and he was like, "Hey, you know what, son? You did a good job. You made it this far." And Justin's like, "No wait, pops. Uh, uh-uh. uh. I'm about to win this. Like, yeah. I'm gonna win this. And you don't understand. I came here to win this. I ain't come here to be in it. I came here to win this. So he he's been he's had that spotlight on his whole career. So when we talk about it's does he have the confidence? Yes. But the stage, I don't think is it's obviously the the highest stage in the world on an yeah. NFL platform, but the stage is not too big for him because he's been in, he's been on that stage his whole career. And now, you give him a second year in of offense. He has a better understanding of the grasp of what he's supposed to do. You give him a receiver like DJ Moore, and that confidence rises even higher. Yeah. You know, yeah. as as they, like I said, as they get more reps, that chemistry is going to continue to grow. And DJ Moore is going to make the guys around him better. That helps Justin feels confidence. Now he knows he has a playmaker. They can go out there. And and who's going to make plays for him in any situation? You know, I know I have a go to guy, a true number one, and that's going to make any quarterback's confidence rise.
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And it it just seems like it to me. It's not a. I know what this team is going to do. It's I know what I need to do to get this team where they need to go. Yep. And that's the part where we didn't see that, right? The first couple of years. Not to say Justin didn't have that, but we just didn't see that where he was in a situation where it was going to play out. Now you can tell, right, year three in this in the in the league as a whole, year two in this system. He's coming into me with a confidence and a comfort that is. Hey, I'm gonna do what we gotta do. As long as y'all rolling with me, we gonna keep this thing rolling in the right direction. I don't mean it's gonna end in 13 wins at the end of the year, but I do think that it's going to end in us seeing the growth and development from Justin Fields that we've been looking for for a franchise quarterback forever. <laughs> 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 it
0: hurts, man. It hurts.
1: Like I just wanna. It's the so shame, weird. Right? It's the so shame, weird, man.
0: bro. It stings, man. It's like you when you get that fresh haircut at the barbershop and they, put that, they the put that disinfectant on it. That's how bad it stings, man. When you say stuff like that, it stings, man. It oh, does. man.
1: What did you what else did you see out there that, that really stood out to you, man? What's one of your other takeaways out there?
0: Yeah, I just think like, you know, you talk about, um, you know, Flus talks about establishing a culture within the building, right? Establishing a culture like, when you look at the defense play, and granted, like I, like we keep saying, they're not in pads or anything like that, but yep. everybody's playing fast. You know, a couple of times I recall there was incomplete passes and the ball's on the ground. And the entire defense running, running to uh, pick up that ball off the ground treat <laughs> treated it as a takeaway. Yeah. And, and that's something that I saw a lot of during my time here with our defense. When they were playing fast, they treated everything that way. You know, the, everything they did was playing fast. And, and obviously you have the vets who've been in the system for you who understand that. But it was great to see not just the rookies, but the new guys doing the same thing, you know, the Edmonds, the Edwards, all the new guys that they brought in, you know, doing the same thing, embodying that culture, but also, you know, uh, showing leadership. So that way the young guys can can really hone in and adhere to that that culture at the same time. So it's good to see, man, it, when you have guys like Edmonds and Edwards who, you know, bring leadership, they bring athleticism, they yeah. bring playmaking ability, but they also – Bring experience from high-level defenses that matriculates to everybody in that room as well. So when you have those two guys, they're going to make you better as a defense just because of the pedigree that they've came from, uh, just because of their 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 makeup of the game. And I'm looking forward to see those two guys just elevate the overall status of this defense.
1: What do you think? Seeing that buy-in from, I mean, not just new guys, but like vets in the in the league, right? Guys that could come in and be like. Hey man, like we're going to do this just because we got a job to do, but I don't know if this is going to work. But what is, what is seeing that buy-in do to those younger guys? You think?
0: Yeah, it, it helps them. It helps them develop faster. You know, as a rookie, you come in and it's a new city, new environment, new team, new teammates in your head spinning, you know, you, new terminology, new playbook. You're still trying to understand the coach's name. You're trying to figure out where do I go in the building? But when you have a vet that can come in right and You know, one, you may have a vet that may take you under under your wing, under his wing and show you the ropes. But you have another vet that's going to you can look at and you can can follow him in terms of him leading by example. That's going to accelerate your learning curve. And when you can accelerate your learning curve, you know, you're able to go out there and do the things that they envision you doing when they drafted you. So it's good to see that the Bears have brought in high character guys in this building. You talk about Demarcus Walker. They talked about him being a leader this offseason and how he's been one of the guy, the more vocal leaders in the building. Even though yeah. it's you know it's his first year, he's taken on that leadership role. And that's something I think that this team was lacking last year. They didn't really have, you know, who was the leader in that locker room last year, who was the alpha in that locker room last year when, when things weren't going well, you know, somebody that would stand up other than the coaches and say, hey, you know what? We gotta get our ish together. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. not playing know Chicago Bears football. Who is that guy? And it's good to see you brought in guys like Demarcus Walker. Um, I think it's going to be good to see another one of my observations would be Jaquan Brisker. Uh, you know, what type of leadership role is he going to have now it, it being his second year. And in terms of leadership, it doesn't matter what year it is for you in this league. It matters what you do on a day-to-day basis, you know in practice and meetings and all those things, but also you know what you do in the game. So it was going to be interesting to see who else steps up as leaders in this locker room, because that's something that you're going to need if you want to you know, have a successful football team.
1: And it, it, the the cool part about this is right. Like this is a team that how Ryan Poles has kind of put this team together. There's nobody who really is out of place or out of touch or right. Is in the wrong, is in a generation ahead of everybody. like they all for the most part are around the same age. I guess some of your rookies are, I mean, Darnell Wright's what 23, 24, something like that. Like, yeah, I don't even think is he that old? Darnell Wright might be younger than that, actually. Well, yeah, young. Let me check it out. I think Tyreek Stevenson is twenty three. Darno you know no, Tyreek Stevenson, I believe, is twenty one. <laughs> am I wrong? Darnell Wright is 21, too. Yeah, they both 21. Man, okay. I be aging. Bro, that's that's one thing I swear. Y'all going to find out on this podcast. I, <laughs> I try not to do it because I'm so conscious of yeah, it at this point. I make mugs three to four years older
0: every yeah, single time. Don't do it either. Don't. Time, <laughs> they don't do it because them years matter, man. I'm telling <laughs> you. Hey, bro, facts. <laughs> years matter, man. You know, another thing, too, though, Pat, when you out there watching practice, right, you look at, okay, as a team, like we got bigger, we got more athletic. I mean, yeah. Donald is huge. I mean, Jermaine Edmonds is huge. Javon Dexter, huge. He's every a yeah. six six. You know what I'm saying? But they're not just big guys. Everybody's athletic. Everybody can run. You know, everybody has what, what you know Fuchs talks about. They have you know the DBs. They all got length now. I mean, Tyreek Stevenson yeah. is, is a guy who I'm real excited about. <laughs> a guy who you know, Florida boy like myself. You know, he plays with a little bit of Florida swagger. He's going to get yeah. up in your face. He's going to play with some nastiness. He's going to talk trash. You know, he can. He's physical. Um, so I'm really excited to see. You know, what type of uh, mentality and, and and what type of added physicality he can bring to this defense. Because you know, Coach Lewis talked about him in particular. Uh, his last pr- his last press conference at the mini camp talked about. You know, Tyreek Stevens is, is is a physical tackle. You know, he, he he lets his presence be known because of his physicality. So I'm excited to see him w- when the pads come on, and he's a guy who's like six foot six one, you know, two hundred plus pounds. You know, something that you know, obviously Jalen Johnson. You know, it's going to be good to see. Can he stay entrenched in that starting role? Because yeah. if he can, now you've got two solid corners, um, if you know Tyree Stevenson can pan out.
1: Yeah, I, he's going to be one that's interesting to me. And you could tell the funny thing is right. Like as they're building this team out. You can absolutely tell that Fluce and Ryan Poles have a tight right like i feel like i feel like this we we I, me and uh my co-host on lockdown bulls Hayes I always say this we be like a k's got a type he's he's the anybody that is six seven and has a seven foot wingspan we gotta go find that guy and add him to the team uh uh Floose and AK have a k have or i'm sorry fluce and poles have a type on this defense out here i'm six feet tall, long arms able to able to play multiple positions right like they they are honing in i think Tyree Stevenson's fits perfectly. Man. into all of this because I, he's going to be that guy that to me allows Jalen Johnson very much like Jaquan Brisker did to play a lot more free yeah. you know what I mean like it, it's going to allow Jalen Johnson to be able to say okay yes I, I have somebody who I can pass this receiver off to so that I can stay in my zone and I know he can play defense <laughs> like, not to speak ill of the people we had before but was a lot of holes. That's all I'm <laughs> saying. It was a lot of holes back there. It was a lot of like, what's that dude doing there, brother?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, plus you look at it too. I mean, it, as much as we struggled in the run game, right? Yeah. In this league, you got to have corners that can tackle, and not just tack. that that uh, not that can just tackle, but that want to tackle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They want to set a yeah. presence. They want to set an edge. Like you got to have those guys and. You know, if, if Tyreek is, is as physical as, as Coach Flew says he is, well, then you got another guy, you know, just like a brisker that's going to come down and hit you, just like Eddie Jackson. We know Jalen Johnson will tackle as well. You bring another one of those physical presences to this defense, and now we're getting back to the way defense should be played here in Chicago, the way that's always been played in, here in Chicago. Physicality, you know, speed, everything that he wants, takeaways, all the things that's going to, you know, help make this team successful
1: hundred percent. I'll tell you what, we talking about these young guys. Uh, Another one of my uh, another one of my takeaways is for the most part, rookies are still rookies. It's okay. Like everybody's not going to be amazing the second they step on the field. Even with the things we heard about Tyree Stevenson in the positive manner, there still was the coaches going, yeah, but he didn't do this right. He didn't do this right. He didn't make this play. We got to do this. We got to make. Like, that's what I love about this, what I'm hearing from this coaching staff. They're allowing these young guys to grow. They're not sitting here expecting him to be the, them to be the faces of the franchise the second that they hit the field. Now, Darnell Wright, I'm sorry, you don't get that luxury. Like, you got to perform. Uh, but outside of him, for the most part, I mean, we didn't hear a ton about Javon Dexter. We didn't hear a ton about Zach because we just heard they're getting better. That's all we want from them right now. They're continuing to get better. Tyler Scott, same thing. Roshan Johnson, we didn't hear anything about Roshan for the most part out of minicamp, out of OTAs, right? It's just it, – and it's also, right, like there's not – I feel like for the first time in a long time with the Bears, there's not a pressure of, okay, this if this draft class doesn't perform, this season is a failure. It's – now listen, they they, they, they got to do something. They got to play well. But it's not, hey, all the pressure in the world is on you. Like when Justin got drafted, it was like, all right, when's Justin on the field? All right, now Justin's oh. on the field. Now Justin, what you gonna do? Oh, he got sacked nine times. Why you do that? <laughs> like yeah. like Justin, yeah. like I got a forty year old over here, bro. Like, <laughs> I love Jason Peters, but he been he been here a while. I got a forty year old hey, versus Miles Yeah,
0: hey, I, I ain't gonna blame Jay Peters. Hey, sometimes hey the scheme, give him help put a tight end over there, chip, run the screen, do something, you know what I mean, to nullify this, this pass rush. Hey, but like hey, you're hey, saying, I though, got
1: I got no problems with Jason P. I need to say that right now. There's no problems with Jason He too big <laughs> for me might to be that. having problems with Jason right.
0: P. <laughs> you see on the streets, man. It's going to be a- <laughs> You are be a-
1: welcome on the podcast any right. day of your
0: life. But you know what, though? Like you said, though, like those guys you mentioned, right, Pickens, Dexter, Johnson. Yeah, we're not going to hear a lot about those guys because you're in shorts. Like you can't get like a defensive tackle, right? Mini camp, OTAs. There's no way I can get an evaluation on you know what how good he can be with without pads. It's the underwear Olympics, man. Them guys are out there in sweatpants, shorts, jersey. Like they're not pass rushing. It's all tempo. Yeah, I mean first thing. You know, we don't want to get anybody hurt. We don't want nobody on the ground. The worst thing you have is you, you sling somebody on the ground, he falls on somebody's leg, that person's out for the season, you lose one of your starting guys. Like, yeah. that's not what it's about. You know, what OTAs and mini camps is, is about is, you know, guys being introduced to the scheme. You know, guys being, you know, working on, working individual drills, working on their craft, working on the fundamentals, so that way they can excel when the pads come on. You know, so those guys, we won't hear a lot about those guys or we'll get a true evaluation about those guys uh until a training camp starts and even beyond do, throughout preseason and, and those guys will continue to develop uh, through the season. So, you know, like we said, you yeah, coaches they wanna see rookies make mistakes this early on because they gotta have something to coach off of. You know, you're you're able to make a mistake and, and it's coach speak, but at the same time, coaches, it's okay to make a mistake, but you gotta make it full speed. You can't coach effort. You know what I'm saying? You got to have effort and you should have effort. You should be self motivated at this level. So the mistakes are going to come. The corrections are to be made. That's what the coach is there for. Um, But, you know, like I said before, you cannot get a true evaluation without having pads on. So, you know, I'm excited to see what they do in pads, especially those two young guys. And, And, like we talked about the competition earlier, Pat, I mean, you've got Billings, you've got Jones there, but you got Pickens and Dexter right behind them guys. And those guys are drafted high to come in and, those guys are the future of this defense, but how soon or how how soon or how much can they push those other veteran guys to get playing time or to be in the rotation?
1: Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And for me, I'm looking at those guys to see how they're adjusting their mindset from college to the NFL. Remember, Dexter was a, a two gap system. Yeah, right. The first thing that I'm looking for out of Javon Dexter is like, okay, how's he attacking? in a penetrating style? Is he still hesitant? Or or is he just, as soon as the ball is snapped, he's ready to go. He's ready to attack. Yerko was on here and Yerko talked about how it's easier to go from a two gap to a one gap or to a a penetrating style because you're basically saying, hey, wait, you're going from wait and see to no, just go kill that dude. Like (laughs) this this is the hole you need to be hitting. Hit it. Kill that guy. So I think that that's going to, I, I think we found some diamonds in the rough. But I do like the fact that it's okay that we're not hearing about these guys. Like, I feel like everybody was expecting out of minicamp that we were just going to hear, right? Like, based on how, I will say, based on how Ryan Poles talked about Roshan Johnson, I thought he was, we were going to hear out of minicamp that he was the best player we've ever seen in a Bears jersey from the running back position. He was like, he's, like, he's going to be a pillar of right. the team. I was like, the running back? Is gonna be the pillar. Of the- okay.
0: <laughs> All right, shout out to you, man. Well, he, yeah, you can tell he likes him though. He loves him. He, <laughs> hey, even- not- yeah, there you go. He loves this. <laughs> man, I mean, even even in his last press conference, right? He talked about. He mentioned, you know, Rashawn in that in that press conference again. He said, you know what? He's one of the guys that I know when the pads come on, is really gonna make his move. Yeah. So I mean, they're counting on him to be, you know, that 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 one A or that one B back. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And you got two really good backs ahead of you that have, you know, had good production in this league. So that's why I'm so intrigued to see how this running back battle is going to pan out in training camp.
1: Yeah, no. What else you got for us, man? What what was another takeaway you had that you looked at and you were like, hey, man, we might have something here.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Tyler Scott, his speed is Mm. without question. I mean, he can take the top off of defense. Um, I think that's why they brought him here. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking forward. He's not, he's not a real big guy though. The funny thing is, you know, 5'11", 5'10", five five something like that. Yeah. he looks like a little kid out there, man. It's <laughs> funny. Like if, if you was out there and you know, you just, if you, if he didn't have that bear's helmet, you would think he was somebody there watching and training. <laughs> like he's not, <laughs> and well, not they said topic. they brought
1: him on. Like he even going to college, right. He was one of those guys that was like, what do you do? I, I'm, I'm an athlete. I just, I yeah. play I play sports.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But like, he's not one of those like physical presences. Like, DJ Moore, like, he's not the tallest guy, but you can tell, you know, he's put together. Like, he's, you know, he's a a thick, you know, a thicker receiver. Uh, You know, St. Brown's a tall, lengthy receiver. Claypool's a big receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you got Tyler Scott, who looks like, you know, somebody's little brother out there, but he's got, you know, he's got NFL speed and can. Can make plays, you know, in in the passing game. He can make them explosive plays that you're looking for. So, I, I look at him, you know, you know him competing with, you know, Bayless Jones and all the other guys in in that wide receiver room. I think that's going to be an interesting battle as well. That's one of the things I took away. Obviously, we didn't get get to see Claypool a lot, but yeah, you know, Bayless Jones. The, the one thing that I saw, even though you know Scott and Bayless Jones are competing, you know. To, to make this roster or to, to earn playing time after practice, those two guys, when I was there, you know, at, at OTAs, those two guys were on the field together. They were working on their routes together. You know, they were, they were uh, doing some catching drills together where valence was actually throwing the ball to Scott, you know what I'm, what I'm saying? And it's good to see, Hey, you know what, even though we're competing in the same room, you know what I'm saying? We're going to do, I'm going to do our, we're going to do a, uh, I'm going to do my best to make sure that we're getting an extra work. You know, we're going to build the bond because, hey, competition breeds success. You know, we can be friends off the field, but when we get on this field, we're competing. But but at the end of the day, we're still teammates, so we're going to try to make each other better. So it was encouraging to see that, um, not just those two guys, but the secondary as a whole. I mean, when I was there, the entire secondary stayed after practice, and they were catching balls off the judge machine. And when you see that type of cohesiveness and chemistry as a unit, you know, those guys, you know, they really genuinely care about each other. You know are building that chemistry, something that uh, you know, Coach Flus has talked about over and over again in every press conference that, you know, chemistry is everything. And you look at what the what the player engagement staff did, Pat, they took these guys to the Cubs games. They took them to the yeah. to the United Center. You know, they're trying to build chemistry anyway, any way they can. And, you know, for us, we didn't we didn't have that type of stuff. And I think that's huge in terms of accelerating the the growth in terms of building a family uh, with this team. That, I think that really accelerates the process.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, the the thing for me with Tyler Scott looking at him, I swear I see Johnny Knox. I see a guy that was just pure speed, good hand. I, now Tyler Scott, right, like, I think he's, from what I saw from him in college, like, he was pretty sure-handed. But good hands, just knows how to make a play gonna find a way to make an impact on the field however he can like I really look at him like this dude reminds me a ton of Johnny Knox and it, I think it's funny because don't didn't he also wear 13 I think he's also number 13 on the field so maybe uh passing on the legacy there um but I mean I I have I'm, I'm assuming the Bears have high hopes for him as well I mean he's a fourth round pick Personally, I do think that it is a autocorrect from the Valus Jones pick a year ago that seemed like, you know, maybe at this point it didn't work out and he's six years younger than Valus Jones is right now. But hopefully, right, like it's good to hear even that, right? Like Tyler Scott's coming in like, hey, listen, we're going to work together. We're going to get this thing done. The bonds that these guys are building. I mean, I'm not saying that it is going to be a championship season. Relax, everybody. But these are the type of things that you hear about championship level teams doing you hear y'all still right y'all you guys went to the Super Bowl you guys are all still really good friends for the most part to this day. you built real bonds that lasted beyond that season. that's what we always hear about championship teams very except the 90s Bulls apparently for Scotty gotta relax
0: bro. Uh, <laughs> <how you feel laughs> out bro come on Scotty. <laughs>
1: Scotty, Scotty. Scotty don't know. Here's the tough part. Scotty don't know how to say what he was trying to say. When he was on Stacey's pod, he was like, it was some money that was supposed to be given to everybody. Everybody didn't get that money. It ain't work out. And so I was like, okay, I guess I can kind of see that. But why has it got to be prefaced by like, this dude sucks? Right. He's right. like Michael Jordan. Like that's who you are
0: talking about? right? Yeah, Mike don't care. Mike would, didn't. Mike just sell. his... He sold the Hornets. Yeah, Mike don't care. He's like whatever, whatever. Scotty, take these billions. Take this billion upside your head. Hey, right,
1: right. what, if, what if the whole the whole selling the Hornets thing is just so that now he can go out there and clown Scotty? He couldn't do it as an owner. He's like, I've been waiting six years. For this.
0: <laughs> right. Hey, Mike don't care, man. Mike. He
1: don't. He really don't. One thing I'll say this: one thing that to me really stood out out of this whole thing. And I think this is pretty much my last thing that I had. I got one more thing. Okay. Bears fans are really some of the best football fans in the NFL. If not, it's top. We got to be top five, if not top two. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. And I, I say this, I argue with a lot of y'all in the comments. I argue with a lot of people on the streets. We have differing opinions. That is cool. But we really care about this thing. <laughs> like, when I tell you I'm sitting here talking to a regular dude on the street, walking to the train, and he's sitting here breaking down route combinations that he saw at camp. just because somehow he got up in there. I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> <laughs> what like what's going on like we really care about this team we we learn football i will say this like the shot that uh the shot that uh um justin jones took at packers fans i'm gonna say that i've never had an intelligent debate with a packers fan back and forth i'm not gonna lie to you i've never sat there and been like well this is why y'all wonder it just always goes to like but Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, come on. Now, like Aaron Rodgers at the end of the day, like what what am I going to say? Like, like I, you can tell me why he won the game. <laughs> 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 I don't know, man. I really I always get that takeaway when stuff like this is there because like all the stuff that like for the most part the bigger sides of media aren't going to pay attention to Bears fans are in on the minutia of it, uh like we just like, "Hey man, like you saw You saw how he broke on that route right there. That's 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 elite level stuff. I ain't seen that since Deion Sanders.
0: Like, all right, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. It's uh, man, it's it's awesome. Like, I mean, telling you, as a player here in Chicago, man, and to 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 wear the same uniform as some of the greats who came before you. You know, obviously the Walter Paytons, and I'll just talk about running backs. You know, yeah, Walter Paytons and the Neil Andersons and. You know all, all the great guys who, who who play in this uniform and the great tradi- uh, traditions that they've laid out. You know for the guys wearing the helmet now, um, it was just an honor, man, and to play in front of like you said the Bears fans, this Soldier Field. I mean, the stadium's rocking. You know what I mean? Especially when you're winning. There's no better city to be a part of like the city of Chicago, man. And, no. and for me, I love the fans, man. The fans are still great to this day. Um, they're going to tell you what they feel. They're going to break it down how they want to break it down, which is which is great because hey, you know, I always say, Bears fans are going to be on you whether you're winning or you're losing. They're yeah. going to be on you. They're going to praise you when you're winning. If you're not performing up to to you're not performing the way you should be, they're going to be on you. And they got that right because the thing about Bears fans, right? There's not a lot of fair weather Bears fans, right? They don't just jump on the bandwagon when the team is good. There's generations of Bears fans like these season ticket holders. Tickets have been passed down for generations, man. And it's good to see that when you have true fans that have really, you know, that that embody the organization which, you know, their great grandmother and grandfather have been a part of, uh, you know, being Bears fans and been a part of the organization in terms of being season ticket holders their entire life. You know, the Bears blood runs through that entire family. So, you know, as a player, you know, you know that and, you know, you want to go out there and obviously you want to play good for yourself because you want to, you know, maintain a job and you're trying to earn a living for your family. <laughs> but also, me. You're representing this this organization and, you know, you're going out there and you're feeding off the energy from all the Bears fans that's out there in the stadium. So you know, for me, it was, it, it's a great opportunity, man. And I know anybody that's that's wearing that helmet. You know, they know, you know what the Bears fans uh, bring to the table in terms of, you know, helping this team su- uh, succeed and being able to support this organization.
1: Yeah, man. I, I'm not going to lie, man. I, I googled best fullbacks of all time because you went to the running back list. They be disrespecting y'all on Google, bro. It's you. First off, you're on there. Chicago Bears best fullbacks of all time. You are on there. Brad yeah. Muster and William Perry. Come on now, bro.
0: <laughs> he said you're William on Perry. There. Come got, on, bro. The fridge got there carrying the Super Bowl, right? <laughs>
1: I mean, I get it. He was unstoppable, but come on. Dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man,
0: oh, that's awesome, man. That's Jason funny.
1: Davis also making a list on there, so that's cool to see. That's cool to see. Uh,
0: I know, last, I didn't know there was a list. I
1: never knew there was a list. I, man. I had to, I had to go look it up. I'm not gonna lie to you. I had to, I uh, had to find it on. I uh, went on Google. I went on Google. So. Awesome, uh, man. Y'all y'all pop up as the top ones. It's pretty cool. That's messed up, though, William Perry. We couldn't do better than that, y'all. Come on, y'all. Uh, finishing this one out, man. What, the number one thing I think that everybody took away, um, Justin Fields and DJ Moore's connection seems to be legit, seems to be real. And just seeing, I don't know if you've seen, like, the little, like, in-between stuff that they do where they're, like, walking off of the field and they do, like, a TikTok you dig or whatever it is. But, I mean, man, they actually just seem like how uh, uh dj moore was like yeah it's not like we best friends or nothing you know we building this connection now nah, they seem like best friends first off it don't take me that long to become best friends
0: right <laughs> right right like, realistically
1: <laughs> i can see you three times in a hallway by the third time i'm shaking your hand like hey man you caught the game last night right that's crazy right, right? like But I just I thought that their connection really stood out out of everything. To me, that's my number one takeaway. um, Just how quickly this has built up, and Justin said it's you know it goes into not just the fact that uh, you know DJ Moore is an elite receiver, but how he moves. His body language tells me where I need to put the ball, how I need to throw the ball, when I need to throw the ball, and I think that having that kind of connection, that's where you talk about elite quarterback receiver connection.
0: Definitely. And and that's huge. You know, like I said, with with each with each rep that they get, that chemistry and that bond is going to continue to grow. So, you know, my thing is I hope that with all these guys and not just those two guys more in fields in particular, but all these guys, you know, while they're away right now from from Hallis Hall, you know, I hope that Justin's getting his receivers together and they're out in, you know, South Florida or somewhere warm and they're working on, you know, the same things that they've done in minicamp, continuing to go through. Different route combinations and, and and doing routes on there, so that way they you know just keep keep uh, building that chemistry with DJ Moore. And I hope they're continuing to do that because that's going to help you know when when they come back for training camp, they're going to hit the ground running literally and pick up where they left off. But you know, like I said, I think you know we talked about before the show, pad and, and the makeup of DJ Moore, him being such a dynamic playmaker and, and having the ability to do a lot of different things. And I know gets excited to have him and will do what he can to make sure he gets the ball, you know, early and often in this offense. You know, I think he can, you know, with, with some of the receivers that have had like the best years here in Chicago, when we talked about it, who was it? it was Brandon Marshall, B. Marshall. Arthur. Jeffrey, Marcus Robinson. I think that DJ Moore has an opportunity to be right up there with those guys. And, and I'm not going to say he's going to have the best season in the Bears history because Brandon Marshall put up a season, boy. on Jeffrey put yeah, up yeah. a season. <laughs> Marcus Robinson, my God. My dog put up some seasons in this yeah. in in a Bears uniform. But you said Marty
1: Booker too, right? Marty Booker Marty got Book. some dog seasons. Marty
0: Marty Book put up some seasons. I love Marty Booker. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> great, guy, great guy too, man. But put up some seasons in, in this Bears uniform as well. But if DJ Moore can have one of those type of seasons, you know what I'm saying, in, in a Bears uniform, like it, it'll, it'll 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 mean the world to this offense. It's uh, something that this offense has been lacking for a while. Uh, So, you know, I'm excited to see what those two can go out there and do. Um, But at the same time, we keep talking about DJ Moore. We need another guy. We need another guy, man. Claypool, we need need you. We need you. Like, it's time. Like, it's time. We got to step up. You've got to be the other guy. Darnell Mooney, I had an opportunity to run into him while I was at Hallis, and and he was working out in the weight room. I said, Darnell, you going to be ready? Oh, yeah, I'm going to be ready. And just with him saying that, the excitement that he had, about the opportunity to come back and to be able to come back from from injury and to actually be able to go back out there on the field, you know, it, it sucks being hurt, man. You like, it sucks. It sucks being hurt, man. You don't even feel like you're part of the team. So, you know, with him coming back, you add another weapon into that mix of wide receiver, another target for Justin Fields to throw to, another guy who's had some good production in this league. So, you know, they, they've got there's 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 no excuses this year, Pat. No excuses, man. It's just about getting it done. It's a production-based business and all the speculation. We can say this we can say that. Now they got to go out there and prove it.
1: B-Marsh 2012. Hmm. Jesus.
0: Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) 1,500
1: yards. Uh, I'm trying to see. 11 receiving touchdowns. His longest was a 56-yarder. He was 12.8 yards. Per reception. That man was dog.
0: <laughs> I mean, then, I mean, just look at the one year, it was him and Al Sean. Like, come on, dude. Woo. I think that was
1: 12, wasn't it? Where like the Bears had the best offense in the yeah. NFL, even after, like, didn't Jay get hurt? I want to yeah. say Jay got hurt halfway through that season. And me. Josh McCown came in and was making plays. I believe. I believe that might be that season where. I mean, that was that was a heck of a season. That I want to say, as sad as it is, I want to say that was first year Tressman. Um, you yeah,
0: had Forte at running back.
1: Come yeah, on. I think believe Matt Forte is still on that team at that point too. A yeah, little
0: Forte in there, a little a little Cajun Forte, my guy, Cajun Forte, Cajun Forte, the workhorse. <laughs> baby. I mean, come on. That was an offense, man. Yeah, that
1: was a uh, that was a good time. I said uh, that has that that's the best. Oh no, that's saying that their data goes back. I thought that was saying that was the best receiving season since 1932. I was about to say I gotta go. I'm sick. I'm tired of. I all I hope for for them this season is this. We just stop being able to talk about all these quarterbacks from like the 50s and 60s. because we finally have our franchise quarterback. Like, that's all I'm looking for from this season. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I,
0: you know, like, we talk about all these numbers, Pat, and, you know, I can't speak for any of those guys in that locker room, but, you know, I'm pretty sure that they would say they don't care about the numbers. The only number they care about is as long as that number's increasing in that win column. Yeah, That's the only number that matters in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Because you can, as, as many mistakes as you may make on the field or during a game, right? Winning trumps everything. So, you know, if you're winning, yeah, you got to go back and you got to correct things, but it'll overshadow the mistakes that you made in the game because you won the game. You know what I'm saying? That win column. So I know these guys, I mean, at the end of the day, the bottom line is about winning. And we had three of those wins last year. Three, (laughs) three, you had three victory Mondays last year.
1: Just peel that Band-Aid off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, three victory Monday. So I know, you know, man for man in that locker room, you know, from everybody, coach's office, the front office. I mean, they're – I mean, it's all about win. That's yeah. it. It's all about that W column. Like, they got to go out there and do whatever it takes to to, to increase the, increase the, uh, that number in the win column, you know. And, and that's, it doesn't matter who's starting, who's doing this, you know, how many touchdowns this guy had. It's all about that W. It's all about the, that win number increasing.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, do you have any other takeaways that you had from uh, OTAs and mini camp, or you think that's a
0: podcast? And that's a podcast, man. I'm excited to uh, get out there at training camp. Bears fans, make sure you come out there. Uh, hopefully me and Pat will have a table set up. Hey, that's you know, the, that's yeah. the,
1: oh, we're we putting the pressure on on the pod right now. We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're looking gonna, at we're EO not,
0: over here right now. No, we're just going to bring our own folding table out there, man. I'm going to bring this <laughs> microphone that, that you sent me. Man. We're going to go out there we're going to – Get the guys up coming off the field and give the fans what they want. So if you I mean, see us I mean, out I mean, there, make sure you stop by <laughs> the pod table. <laughs>
1: hey, 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 don't tempt me, dog. I, I, absolutely.
0: Come on out, man. But <laughs> you, you, know, have, you have, know, you really have, have the that they got over there, too, man.
1: <sighs> you um, know what it is? It'll be that, uh, what's that meme where it's just like, I'm here to argue. And that's all it's saying on the front is just some dude with a cup of coffee. That's going to be me and J Mac on the
0: side, just like, hey, stop through. Now, gonna, hey, uh, oh,
1: uh, Coach Flues, what's good? Hey, come on over
0: here, Coach. What are you do <laughs> Coach Flues will come over, man. Like, I, I got one more thing too before you get off, man. Coach Flues, it. like, I gotta give him a shout out, man. Uh, you know, took my took my youngest son uh, to mini camp, and you know, at the end of practice, you know, uh, co- walked up to Coach Flues, introduced my son to him, and Coach Flues sat there and coached him up for like ten minutes on you know, breaking up you know uh, passes and things like that. So he's a football guy, man, and you know I, I'm excited to to see where he goes and, and with him spending that much time with my son just shows like, you know, this guy, it, true character, man, was, was, it was just awesome experience with my son. Ah. My son still talks about it to this day.
1: <laughs> hey man, it see, it really seems like Flus really cares. And and I think that that's also right. Like with, in a losing, in a season where he won less than Matt Nagy ever did, he seemed like he cared more than Matt Nagy did in 8 win
0: seasons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like he's he's a football guy, man. He's it's yeah. Saying. Yeah. just saying.
1: Hey, man, we appreciate y'all for tuning in and rocking with us, man. Hit that like button, subscribe to the page. Drop a bird if you made it all the way to the end of the podcast, man. Appreciate y'all for showing love. For J-Mac, it's your boy, Path of Designer. Back at it again. I'll be back here with Courtney tomorrow for another podcast, as always. So stay tuned in with us on that. Y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. And bear uh, Bear down.
0: Bear down. Bear down.